Welcome to Thrive at Work, a podcast which offers insights and latest employment trends to help employers attract, retain and develop great people with me, Polly Rathbone-Ward. With special guests, we're going to be discussing the many and varied aspects of HR, from practical topics to overarching cultural themes. We'll be looking beyond traditional styles of management to bring new and people-centred ideas to forward-thinking organisations that want to shape a new future where people can thrive at work. Hello and welcome to this episode of Thrive at Work. Today we're going to discuss one of the lesser mentioned work benefits, a period of voluntary leave or sabbatical. Sabbatical leave can have significant benefits and can be a real opportunity for employees to pause, recharge and grow. Yet this is a relatively low cost benefit that often I feel gets neglected. My guest today, Lyndall Farley from Beyond a Break, helps employers and individuals to understand the true impact of taking a period of sabbatical leave and how this period of leave can be most effectively managed and utilised. So welcome, Lyndall. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Super, thank you. Um, I'm going to jump right in there. So I work with a number of businesses and organisations, and I have to say, I'm not aware of any of them actually having um, a sabbatical leave policy or or talking or discussing or mentioning sabbatical leave at all. And yet it is a really can be an amazing benefit. So tell us all about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, absolutely. And how you support your clients. It's it's really common. And I hear this a lot. It's, It's common to hear that people haven't heard of sabbaticals or thought that sabbaticals were only in the academic realm and that they weren't possible in the corporate space. Uh, It's also really common for people to not know if it's even possible to take a sabbatical with their organisation. And I think there's a a few reasons for this. I think there is um, uh, a, a transition that is happening in terms of people recognizing, companies recognizing that they need to retain their best people and they want to attract the best people, and that people aren't necessarily just driven by pay anymore and that it is about uh, the whole package of of benefits and so we are seeing this trend towards offering other kinds of benefits and sabbaticals is one of those ones that's on the trend upwards but whilst a sabbatical is uh, something that is enshrined in a lot of uh, corporate policies like it is possible to take a, a unpaid leave uh, it's something that is very very under promoted in the company and so it's often enshrined somewhere as a policy where you can take a break if you ask for it but it's buried down in the depths of the HR documentation somewhere on a portal right and nobody actually knows about it And so that's the distinctive difference between having a sabbatical policy, which is just the rules of engagement for how you can take this kind of leave and having a sabbatical program. And so you might be surprised to hear that 
47% of companies in the UK have a sabbatical policy. But how many of those do you actually hear of them actually promoting this as a benefit and moreover, employees actually taking that benefit? And so there's a huge disconnect here between the, a benefit being possible and it actually being utilised. And so I think that's why, you know, you've, you haven't heard about it and it's not popular and that kind of thing is this disconnect between having a policy and actually promoting it as part of a benefits program. I am absolutely staggered to hear that statistic. It's, that's a huge number. Nearly half of all UK companies have yeah. sabbatical leave policy, but yeah. don't necessarily promote it and people don't really know about it. And so it's not really used. That's an unbelievably high amount. And that figure, I know because you've shared this with me before, but that's come from some really uh, recent, uh, yeah. recent reports so that was from the CIPD. Yeah, that was produced um, by a survey from the CIPD, which is the leading HR body in the UK. Uh, and that was in March 2022. So it's only a couple of months old. Now, I have actually gone back and looked at the data from previous benefit surveys, and they didn't even track it before now, right? So it's even sort of just coming up, bubbling up to the surface for the CIPD as something to track. And so, but, you know, that, that tells you that it sort of wasn't on the radar until maybe a couple of years ago, but it's certainly something that is uh, gathering pace. Mm. And just to go back to basics then, so the sabbatical leave, um, just to cover a few basics, do you tend yeah. to see that there's sort of one month, two months, and, and do they yeah. tend to be paid or unpaid or just a few yeah. Kind of details? Yeah, sure. So um, what I can tell you is um, the, the sort of the, the average and the trends, mm. um, but it's really interesting because it is very country to country. Mm. Uh, and so uh, in, in, let's say in the US, for instance, a sabbatical is typically only about a month, maybe two months. Mm. But this is because it's sort of tethered back to annual leave. And in the US, it's really only common to have two weeks annual leave. And so if you take four weeks or double their annual leave, um, you know, uh, benefit, that feels like quite a long time to somebody from America because they never take that amount of time off. Whereas someone from Europe, from the UK, where four weeks is, is pretty, pretty typical, we tend to see that the sabbaticals are then sort of two months, three months, their sabbatical length tends to be a bit longer uh, mm -hmm. because that's, again, tethered to, um, you know, the, the, the annual leave that is normally available. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the sort of uh, median um, of the maximum amount of time, <laughs> getting into a bit of stats here, um, there was a, a study that was done by uh, a European organisation that found that the sort of maximum time of a sabbatical is about six months. Like that's the normal kind of maximum time. So in a corporate context, you've got companies offering anything from one month to six months maximum. And in my experience, you know, two to, two to three months ends up being about the time that is offered. Mm -hmm. And so you asked about pay. 
this is really, really huge. So um, whenever you see that there's a paid sabbatical, it's quite often a shorter period of time mm. for obvious reasons, understandably. right? <laughs> understandably, yes. Um, but it, that in itself is, is a huge advantage, right? So even having it paid, but having a shorter amount of time, you know, those things, they kind of almost cancel each other out, right? They're, they're still really great benefits. Mm. But again, having an unpaid sabbatical but a longer period of time you know also has this kind of uh, benefit as well I mean you know you have to be able to afford it but you know taking a longer period of time is always more beneficial for the individual uh, and so from this same research that came out of the CIPD we know that UK companies are actually 23 percent of them are offering paid sabbaticals wow. so I mean, that's, that's incredible. That's amazing. And um, so this is a, um, a, a benefit to reward length of service usually. Yeah. So it's usually after a period of time as a sort yeah. of retention mechanism, I guess. You, you can, you're entitled to, or you can take, if you wish, yeah. um, a period of, of leave. That's amazing. Yeah. And what do you tend to see in terms of um, length of service? So is it sort of, I know sabbatical comes from, I guess, the Sabbath. Is it linked to seven yeah. in some way? So every seven, seven yeah. So yeah, the, the genesis of the word is obviously the Sabbath, right? So taking rest every seven periods of time, right? So in a sabbatical context, perhaps every seven years, uh, you know, in that religious context, you know, having the seventh day of rest. Um, but what what we find or what I recommend with with companies is that it's not so much about, you know, tethering it to seven years. It's really about looking at what is the average tenure of your employees and what is that natural kind of exit point and different companies companies will have those different exit points depending on the industry, on the seniority of their staff, on just the, the market forces at the time. And you want to tether it just at that kind of average tenure exit point, because then people are more likely to, you know, take a break, which is maybe just what they need, but mm -hmm. then have the incentive to come back so that you haven't lost all of that incredible uh, information that's in their brains and the relationships and the knowledge so it's it's really important to uh, design the policy so that it's tethered to those business kind of objectives of making sure that people are uh, having the op opportunity to recharge and look after their well-being but at the same time you know to retain them as a valuable employee. Mm. So do you think most um, employers would look at this as a, a well-being benefit initiative or do you think, yeah, is that how it's generally seen? I mean, it fits, it fits very nicely into the well-being benefits space mm -hmm. um, because ultimately a sabbatical is, if we look at the definition, it's a period of uh, an extended break from routine work uh, in order to recharge and renew. Mm. And so um, that, that kind of uh, recharging and renewing, um, you can get a little bit of that on vacation, but a lot of people have already know. I mean, people just 
have the general sense that they go on a vacation and they just start to unwind and then they have to come back, right? So it does make sense that, you know, you're fitting sabbaticals into the broader scope of everything that you're doing to help your people recharge. Mm -hmm. And so that is um, vacation, obviously, as this, you know, the, the, the key linchpin of everything that most companies do. I mean, they're, they're required to give vacation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but then all of the other things that they're doing uh, in terms of supporting work-life balance and supporting uh, working families and supporting um, the, uh, you know, flexible work arrangements that we've seen become so popular as a, uh, a result of COVID. And so uh, it really needs to fit into that ecosystem of well-being and the support that a company is offering its people. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm just imagining some people that perhaps work in smaller companies that would really struggle actually if someone just took a period of extended leave. Um, how, what, what, what advice do you give to, for, for that sort of instance if there's a smaller company that would really struggle, um, you know, if someone was absent for an extended period? Well, so I think sabbaticals are absolutely possible for, you know, any size company and any type of employee, but it just might require a little bit more planning, right? So in a larger organization where there is more kind of resource flow, like where you've got a bit more cover and you can kind of move things around a little bit more, um, you know, it might be easier to sort of cover up that gap of, of a person. Mm. Um, but in a smaller business, you know, that gap becomes a bit larger, right? So it actually just becomes more about forward planning, right? And uh, if, if somebody wants to take a break, then really plan for it, like say a year in advance, right? And what I find is when people uh, look at this as an opportunity for their business in terms of um, making sure that they have the business systems in place and um, that they don't have any sort of key person dependencies that would make their business fail, it actually becomes an opportunity for them to strengthen the business so that they can use it as an opportunity to bring someone new in, which might be a, a, an opportunity to train someone up to, as a new hire or to upskill somebody else um, to be able to take on some of the responsibilities. Or it might be an opportunity to automate um, or to, to scale or uh, to, uh, to work out how the business system might be able to support that. And what I find is that if those solutions are worked out, the person comes back and they don't necessarily have to slot back into exactly doing, you know, the manual work or doing it this way or that way. But it becomes an opportunity to actually improve the way the business functions, right? Because you have to stress test the organization in order for that, uh, that solution to work. So, uh, so many benefits come out of doing that kind of stress test. Great. Thank you. That's, yeah, really interesting. Thank you. Um, do you have any examples of companies that are doing this really well, that this is really yeah. good for? Yeah, I'm working with a 
well, obviously the companies I'm working with are doing it. I'm going to say they're doing it well, right? But I mean, they are because they're doing it more intentionally and more thoughtfully. And, you know, as I said before, there's so many companies that have the policy, but they're not thoughtfully and intentionally managing it, right? So it's none of this is difficult. It just requires some focus. So a company I'm working with in the US, they're an accounting firm. They wanted to set up a sabbatical program. And uh, fortunately, I was able to come in right at the beginning as they were launching it. Um, and what we actually have been doing with them is starting the sabbatical program right at the very top of the organization. So the leaders are actually taking the sabbatical. Oh. And what that the first person to take the sabbatical was the CEO. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so uh, that's obviously because, you know, we had huge support from the CEO and he was personally driven, you know, and, and inspired and, and excited about taking a sabbatical. But also um, what that does is send a wonderful message through the whole organisation. If our CEO can take a sabbatical, I can too. And so it's all about the tone from the top and those leaders really walking the talk because um, that sets up the culture of um, being able to take feel safe to take a sabbatical, uh, but it also sets the organisa organisation up in terms of um, how to manage the leave and how to, uh, you know, get people in to, to cover what needs to be done. So um, I think there's, I often talk about, you know, the four C's of how to do a sabbatical program well. Okay. <laughs> I like acronyms for things because otherwise I can't remember it. And we've already just talked about the first one, right? So the first C is culture. So you have to have that people first, employee well-being culture to, to start with, or at least something to, to base it on. Mm -hmm. A sabbatical program is is not a fix-all for a company that has terrible work-life balance and a terrible uh, well-being culture. I mean, it's uh, it's not going to fix your terrible well-being culture, right? It's just not. <laughs> and it's not designed to do that. But it can really support you if you're trying to move that forward. So there has to be a people-first agenda first. Mm -hmm. And the leaders have to be really living this and walking this. And so they have to be demonstrating work-life balance, supporting sabbaticals. And the best way to do that is for them to be taking breaks and them to be taking sabbaticals, right? So the first C, culture. Look at your culture first. What, what are you inserting a sabbatical program into? Because mm -hmm. that's going to make or break your program as much as anything else. Mm -hmm. The second C is communications. Communicate, 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 communicate. <laughs> like, what did I just tell you before? That stat, that amazing stat of 47% of companies in the UK have a sabbatical policy. I, I don't know. I'd love to know the stat of how many of them actually communicate that they have that policy, but I'm guessing that it's close to zero. It's probably a couple of percentage of the companies in the UK that are actually using this as part of a, you know, a sabbatical program to measure uh, to, to support employees and their well-being. So basically you might have a policy, 
great. That's an awesome first start. But if you don't tell people about it, and if you don't continually support it, and if you don't make people feel supported to take a break, you know, there's no point really having the, the policy. It's just words on a page somewhere buried in a portal. <laughs> Communicating in terms of promoting it and yeah. raising awareness of that there is this benefit. Absolutely. But also just talking on a day-to-day -day basis about it, because can you imagine if someone, if this never talked about benefit and all of a sudden someone takes a sabbatical leave, the reaction from those around might be, gosh, I, I didn't even know there was such a thing. And it might not be positive. Whereas yeah. if it's talked about, then it's normalized and it becomes part of your, you know, part of your strategy for well-being or benefits yeah. or whatever, then it's it's yeah. not such a shock. And people will feel able to as well. And I think going back to your point about culture, I think it's a lot, it's around trust, isn't it? So how how is it going to be managed? Am I going to suffer as a result yes. of taking this leave? Yeah. I'm sure some people would be very hesitant to actually do that because they yeah. think might send a message or they might have negative repercussions afterwards. Yeah, so, absolutely. I completely agree. How yeah, you've completely hit on the, the key point there. The communications have to be about the positivity of a sabbatical and why the company supports it and how to do it responsibly mm -hmm. and to give people the avenue to communicate why they want to take a sabbatical and you know why it's important to them as opposed to there being a vacuum of information where people are then going to kind of just make up stories like oh he's off work because he's had a nervous breakdown or, you know, all of these very negative things that people can kind of make up in their mind from very old stereotypes and, you know, really, you know, ter terrible kind of assumptions, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you can ground your sabbatical process, uh, program in the positive, uh, then somebody has something to anchor to, which can explain why they want to do it. And honestly, taking a sabbatical is is simply as explained as simply as I love my work but I have a life outside of work and I want to go and experience some of that life and I need a little bit more time than annual leave to do that and I want to you know have some deep recharge while I'm at it mm -hmm. and you know it's just those kinds of messages I think the most important most important but the easiest way to support that messaging is actually the third c <laughs> which is to build a community around it because the community of sabbatical goers or sabbatees right that community can support each other but they also come back and they share their story about their amazing sabbatical and it's not, I mean, everybody wants to listen to those kind of stories. It's not a difficult thing to, to be talking about. And they share not only what they did, and that's obviously important, but they also share how it impacted them and how they're now changing their work-life balance or how they're, they've found renewed passion for their work or how they came up with a brilliant idea while they were walking off in the Himalayas for how they were going to fix some problem with the business, right? And so then people through hearing those stories, I mean, so we hear often about the power 
of storytelling, right? And so by creating that community that can share the stories, people, mm. they get that human element to it. And they're like, oh, Joe went off and did a, a sabbatical and he's in a role that's similar to mine. And, oh, and he's also got kids and, oh, and, and, and he did one. And then I saw him come back and after he got back, he got promoted. So all of this creates that psychological safety that people need to feel in order to overcome the barriers and the fears and actually take a break themselves. Mm, absolutely. Great. Thank you. And the fourth C? <laughs> the fourth C is coaching. And I don't mean that in the sense of like coaching with a coach. It can be that. But it's that broader context of peer coaching, right, which can be facilitated in the community and managers coaching their employees around taking breaks and, you know, letting them know that that is uh, an option and providing support and guidance to employees about how to take a sabbatical and how to prepare for it and what to expect on the sabbatical and what to what to do when you return or how to return right and I offer a lot of that support and guidance in a sabbatical employee sabbatical toolkit which is literally like just a plug and play toolkit that a company can kind of offer to all of their employees but what it does is it takes someone through all of the steps of the sabbatical so that they can feel in control but also so that they can make the most of the time off mm. but at the same time that the business has what it needs in terms of the work coverage and the continuity and you know a smooth exit and a smooth return um, so that the business doesn't suffer the employee gets the most out of it and that the entire process is kind of smoothly managed and so that that coaching in that really broad context of uh, peer coaching and guidance and support and tools and all this kind of stuff um, because it's not really enough to say okay go take a sabbatical off you go see you later it's like people do actually need a bit more support than that yeah I think it could potentially be a very worrying time of, yeah. and a lot of concern and potentially quite threatening as well because if you're going away for an extended time and the business is doing well and thriving and, and getting on and perhaps that person has been temporarily replaced by you know some of the things you were talking about earlier it could potentially feel quite threatening yeah it's absolutely true and um you know I've I've actually taken 11 sabbaticals which seems like an extraordinary amount I know but um I have taken 11 sabbaticals and it has been in all sorts of contexts and that's like I'm now self-employed, so obviously my boss is me and my boss is very accommodating when it comes to me wanting to take a sabbatical. But I did it, I, quite a few of them, seven in fact, were uh, in a corporate context uh, and that was either between jobs, which you know is, is a fantastic way, way to do it, where you negotiate with an employer. Yeah. Uh, you know, a period before you accept the, the new role, you know, to... Yeah. 
Um, and then I also have done them when I was making global moves, like, you know, having a, a gap between finishing in the old country and then starting in the new one. So still employed, but, you know, I, and I think between roles is a really good opportunity because actually the business doesn't really have to do much to sort of cover things, right? It's like if you're, you finish up with run, one role, you sort of take a bit of a break uh, and then you start in a, in a completely new role um, that there's not as much sort of coverage that needs to occur because you've shut one thing down before you've sort of taken one thing up. So that's, that's another way that companies can really offer that kind of recharge as well is to look at, okay, well, you know, if you're taking on a new role, you know, can we give you some recharge time mm. in there? Yeah. Um, so the four C's, that's part of the program that you offer to support employers. So um, do you want to tell us any more about the program? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, they're the broad things that I'm always um, talking to companies about. But I guess there's a couple of um, things that I offer that are sort of exactly what the companies need, right? And so uh, one of them is consulting, right? It's just the, the do it for you sabbatical program where I've already got all the experience of how to do it well and I've got all of the tools and the materials and the communications, you know, I've got it all sort of in a box ready to go. Mm -hmm. So getting into a company and just helping them set it up. HR teams are just so time poor and so stretched in all sorts of different directions they can't be expected to be an expert as to how to run a sabbatical program right so that's when it's time to just call me in and I'll just help you set it all up and then off you go you're on your way so there's the consulting piece then there's obviously the the actual products like like this toolkit you know I can just live, literally give you a toolkit and then that supports your people in order to to take a sabbatical and that's really good for companies if they already have the policy and they've sort of started to communicate about it but they're finding which is very common they're finding that they launch this as a benefit and then they see like zero uptake and it's back to the first C, culture, you know, people aren't feeling quite safe to take this yet, right? And so that's where I can come in with, you know, the toolkit, but also I offer workshops. And this is where I offer what I call a, a sabbatical curious workshop. So if you're sabbatical curious, come <laughs> to my workshop and we'll talk about the benefits, but we'll talk about how to make it safe for you. But we also talk about, you know, what are the fears that you have? And we start to work through those and people hearing that other people have the same fear and those fears can be you know they'll discover that they don't need me you know um or I just don't want to let go of my baby project I've worked so hard on on this project and I just don't I just I just can't let it go you know and so we talk about that and, and really sort of set people up for for success in planning and, and taking a sabbatical and then there's there's coaching. I mean, coaching is one of the four C's um, and some some employees really benefit from having interaction with an actual trained coach and to have coaching through that entire 
process. So the employee sabbatical toolkit can almost be seen a bit like a self-service kind of coaching journey. But as all HR people know, as you know yourself, that's not enough for everybody. You know, some people need that extra one-to-one kind of support and interaction. Uh, And what I find is this is the people that are really sort of trending towards burnout and they're really struggling already. And so a sabbatical can be a real period of restoration and renewal for them Um, but if you're already feeling quite burnt out then it's kind of hard to make those decisions right and so that's where you know the one-to-one coaching is is obviously um, really beneficial for some employees Mm, I'm sure yeah thank you Um, I was just wondering in the people that take up a sabbatical is there any difference in I mean in terms of gender, is there a sort of split uh, as to who takes up the sabbaticals? Do we know that information? <laughs> yeah, um, there was a stat. Um, it's not really who takes them up, but LinkedIn did uh, a uh, an interesting thing, actually. They um, launched a the ability to put on your CV that you took a career break or you took a sabbatical um, so that we can start to get more um, upfront about the fact that yeah I chose to take a sabbatical and I think that this is beneficial for my career and this is why I did it and this is what I did and this is the value I got you know so fantastic support coming from LinkedIn but also testament to the rise of the sabbatical Um, but when they did that they found that 73% were women that were searching for career break or sabbatical as those key search terms and certainly in my client context I do see um more women come for the individual coaching that I offer because I work with companies but I also just work with individuals as well Um, but at the same time I I wouldn't want to say that in a company where it was really well supported I don't think that you would see that there was a there shouldn't be a gender split right there's sort of no need for there to be a gender split so um, I hope I think there is a little bit more in terms of a female skew, certainly in terms of my experience. Mm. But I hope as the future goes on that men are also going to take advantage of these things too because a sabbatical, so we're getting this wonderful trend of parental leave too, right, for parental leave for the, the men as, as, when, as well as the women. And that's so important in those first few months of a a child's life but think about a sabbatical as the opportunity to spend time with your five-year-old or your eight-year-old or you know your 12-year-old I mean they're also precious times and family sabbaticals and people taking family uh, sabbaticals for family reasons I think that's that's equally as important Um, in the sort of longevity of someone's career wanting to have these periods of work and periods of rest and periods of family focus I think that's natural so I think it all goes hand in hand together and I hope in the future that we'll see men taking them just as often as women Mm, that's amazing that LinkedIn is doing that because um 
you know, it used to be that a gap on a CV was seen as like the worst thing in the world, wasn't it? It's was really negative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why shouldn't people have a, a break to go and experience life or the world or, or just spend time with, with family? Um, you know, because you. Yeah. And it's actually the, the in amongst hiring managers, the um, perception is also changing. So it is no longer that a gap in your resume is um, seen as a negative, like automatically. I think a gap in your resume that is explained right? That's explained in this positive context that is, uh, that demonstrates the value that you got from the break, that demonstrates why you wanted to take it in the first place. That, that is, that is what um, the HR, uh, the high, the hirers, the HR managers are, are looking for these days. They don't want an unexplained gap or a gap that's trying to be kind of hidden. They're looking for you know, what was the purpose of your time off and what did you learn from it? And how does that help you be a better hire or a better employee for us? Mm -hmm. And that's what people are now able to do because of the LinkedIn, you know, because of the, that ability to put it into your CV, but also the normalizing of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's really interesting. Okay, so um, if there are employers out there thinking, oh, you know, I have absolutely no idea how to get started with this, what yeah. would be your sort of um, practical tips, just a couple of practical tips, Lindell, if you don't mind? Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's two camps, really. There's don't have a any kind of sabbatical policy or, or program, and then do actually have a policy, uh, but know that they're kind of not leveraging it right? And so if we deal with the first camp first, it's like, okay, well, let's just look at putting that benefit in, right? And if you're putting it in, look at the suite of benefits that it's going to tie in with. What's what's the ecosystem of, of well-being that you're trying to solve for? And then I think the most, for this, this group of people, the most amazing thing is that you get to intentionally and thoughtfully design that and communicate it and set it up from a, a safety perspective right from the very beginning right so that's you get to do it properly immediately so that's a really great opportunity then the next group of people that already have something but aren't leveraging it then it's really about okay you've got this thing Let's make sure that the policy is right. So it's it's anchored to the right things like pay, tenure, benefits, all those kinds of things. Um, but then it's about those community setting up those those seeds, right? It's about setting up the communication, setting up the, the community around it, and really getting that cultural kind of support for it. So look for a leader who has been with the company for a while, who could do with a break and use them as a like a poster child for for taking a sabbatical you know and use that as your kind of launch and so it's really just about how do you set it up in that safe way how do you provide that guidance and the support and the peer-to-peer -peer coaching and the management coaching and uh you know and how do you really sort of communicate that this is something that you're doing now and you really support it as a company mm, great thank you and just, um, we were talking before about, I think you mentioned um, uh, a sabbatical can be a real catalyst for change for that individual. So 
I guess, what's your advice or how do you recommend that employers then support that, you know, that returning person and then enabling, you know, that that change that might be happening? Because I know your background is change management, actually. Isn't yeah. It? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, organisational change management. I spent, uh, yeah, 10 years working as a management consultant and, you know, focused on organizational change um, but then I trained as a coach which is very much about you know people in transition mm. um, so people change <laughs> um, but yeah so I mean it, it's really about um, when somebody is on sabbatical it's uh, giving them sort of the just-in-time tools that mm. kind of spark you know moments of reflection uh, and provide the avenue for moments of, of insight um, and then giving them the, the tools for when they come back to kind of make sure that they're sitting down at the end of the sabbatical and just going, huh, okay, so what did I learn about myself or about, you know, whatever it might be? What insights have I had about this? And what do I want to do differently mm. right do I want to change as a result of this insight there's nobody nobody I've, I, that I've ever met has said I had zero insights about myself on a sabbatical like it's just never happened and if if that is so like if that if somebody has said oh I had zero it, it's more that they weren't actually on a sabbatical, like they were actually calling a sabbatical something it's not, like they were looking after a sick relative. I mean, that is not a break, you know, or a maternity leave. People sometimes call their maternity leave a sabbatical. I'm like, I've just had a baby. There is nothing recharging about being on maternity leave. That is not a sabbatical, people. So it's 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 really about um, helping that person realize what the insights are, and then to make those changes. And if those changes are significant, so for instance, somebody realizes that they really were on the path to burnout, and they need to change how they're interacting with work and life. Mm -hmm. um, that the sabbatical can be the catalyst of that realization. But then making the change happens when they get back it's uh i often say to people nothing actually changes on sabbatical your life changes once you return from sabbatical and you decide to make those changes when you get back from sabbatical you just return to your old life mm. and the way it was set up in the old way if you want to make changes to the new way which is following insight uh, on the sabbatical, then you have to make those changes once you return. And that's the hard work. We all know how hard it is to change anything, to change habits, to change our um, work-life balance. And that's where, you know, working with a coach, um, having a supportive uh, manager, uh, having a trusted advisor, those kinds of support mechanisms external to the person can keep them focused and in in action and in momentum towards making those changes so, accountable, making being accountable. accountability it's huge I mean that's exactly I mean I don't I wish I knew why but it's 
so hard to do something completely on your own. If you if you tell somebody else what your goal is and they hold you accountable, you're so much more likely to do it. And that's exactly the same thing when somebody's coming back from sabbatical. So I guess, yeah, the short version of that is asking the person that's coming back from sabbatical, what is it that you want to work on now? And then being the support to hold them or providing the support to hold them accountable to making that change. And that's where the power of um, the sabbatical can really come into its own when they actually are supported to make that change. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. But yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I think stepping out of our comfort zone and making change is unbelievably why is it so hard? I mean, I do kind of know from a neuroscience perspective why, but it's like it's just it's one of those things that it just doesn't seem like it would be as hard, but it's just so hard all the time. It is indeed. Thank you. Um, we're coming towards the end of our time. Did you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share that we hadn't already touched on? Oh, look, I just think anybody listening to this go into your organization and have a look through and see do we have a policy mm-hmm. uh you know do we have do we have this amazing benefit available and then ask the question like, like if you're in an hr role ask the question why are we not using this this is like incredibly easy low cost we didn't really talk about low cost but for shorter sabbaticals one or two months if particularly if they're unpaid um it's not going to cost you very much uh, even if you have to you know bring someone in to cover part of the work you're you're taking the salary um uh, breather from from the employee and so that most of the time that covers it so i mean um it's it's not it's a very low cost easy option that uh, companies are doing really badly, <laughs> so so go and have a look. That's my one tip or request. <laughs> go and have a look at what is available in your organisation and ask the question: Why are we not doing this? And then if you decide you want to do it, I'm happy to have a call. Get in touch with me. I'm always happy to talk about sabbaticals. I'm very passionate about this. I can talk about this until the cows come home. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always on LinkedIn sharing content about this and talking about it and supporting people on their sabbaticals. Um, And yeah, get in touch if you want to discuss it more. Great. Thank you. Is LinkedIn the best place to get? Yeah. LinkedIn is kind of my, I, that's all I work with. I can't (laughs) bother with anything else. (laughs) Fabulous. Thank you so much. I knew we'd have a good chat. (laughs) Of course. Time today and for sharing all your, all those insights, Linda, really appreciate it. No problems at all. Thanks so much. Thanks.